What's up, guys? Rick here with five golfers that I'm worried about for fantasy in 2023, and they are, are across all different ADPs. So let me just get this out there. These are not guys that I hate. These are just golfers that, based on what I've seen, where they're going in drafts right now, I'm a little bit concerned. Obviously, there is a time and place for everyone. If one of these guys that I don't like in the first or second round falls to the sixth round, obviously I'm going to be taking him, right? So this is just based on the current market, how ADP is working itself out, and a couple of statistical concerns that are raising some red flags for me. So with that caveat out there, let's jump into it. First up is Sung JM. And this hurts my heart. It hurts my little heart to be worried about Sung Jay. I'm such a huge fan of his game. I think he's going to have a really great year. But when you start thinking about season-long fantasy, you start thinking about filling out your roster with guys who play a lot, right? Guys that can give you a lot of opportunity, can give you a lot of volume, and can play well as frequently as they actually play. And the first name that jumps to mind for everyone is Sung J.M. And what is happening is that is creating a situation where he's being very highly drafted. More on that in just a second. The volume that you are getting from Sung Jay likely moving forward is probably not what you think it's going to be. So let's just recap his career. 2019, he had 27 qualifying fantasy starts. So that's just from the Sony Open to the BMW Championship, not the match play, not the Zurich Classic, no weird events. 27 qualifying events. That was first on tour by three full starts. That's what everyone remembers, okay? And that's why Sung Jae gets treated the way he does. So 2019, first by a mile in terms of volume. 2020, he had 20 qualifying starts. That was also first. Great. 2021, he had 23 qualifying starts. That was ninth. Okay, great. Here's where I'm starting to get a little bit worried. 2022, last year, uh, 18 qualifying starts. That was 98th on tour. 97 guys on tour played more frequently than Sung Jae did. Sung Jae M did. Now, why would that be? Well, we know he settled in Atlanta. Right, We know he's got a home. He's not just going from hotel to hotel playing every single week. And is he going to play that amount or a similar amount again? Well, I think he will because he just had the best year of his career. Playing the least number of events, he made the most money, made over $5.5 million, a million and a half more than what he did uh, in his next best year. So there's really no reason to think that Sungjae is going to come out and start playing 27 qualifying events again. So uh, again, he's going to play a lot. He's going to play well, but I don't want you to think you're going to get elite level volume because he has not been drafted in all of the drafts that I've done so far. He has not made it past the 14th overall pick 14th overall. That's like the what second half of the second round. It's high. And I think a lot of people are basing that on volume. So Go out and draft Sung Jae because you think he's going to be great, because you think he's going to take another leap moving forward, but don't draft him because you think you're going to get 27 qualifying starts because you're not.
Jordan Spieth is up next. He's being drafted almost exclusively in the second round, sometimes with the first or second pick of the second round. He's being drafted very much inside the top 15 or 16 in every draft that I've been a part of. And I just worry that he is not that upper echelon golfer that you think you might be getting. And there's a lot of volatility and he's going to make you rip your hair out. So before I dive into the bad things, I will say, I think there are a couple of good things about Jordan Spieth and Scotty Scheffler this year. So we know, that the, the the big time elite golfers are going to play kind of a more um, a, a schedule together where they're going to play the elevated events together and you know where they're going to play and they're kind of designing that all in one spot. But I do think the guys that are that are Texas proud, the Texas guys who always play the Byron Nelson, who are going to always play, you know, these other events, maybe Valero, which are not elevated events, I think they're still going to go there. So I think you get an opportunity to get all the top end events plus one or two events in Texas where they might end up being the only guys there and being the favorite. So with that being said, that that's a good thing about Jordan Speed. The bad thing about Jordan Speed um, is one, I, I think the big problem is he is currently in the midst of uh, his worst putting year ever, uh, kind of by a mile. You know, he lost a quarter of a stroke putting in 2022, which is something he hadn't done in over a decade, and he's off to a pretty slow start in 2023 as well, losing strokes there. He has not gained. Uh, strokes with the flat stick in a way that we would like. And then the rest of his game has been very, very volatile. And I, I think what this comes down to is there's there's kind of a two-step process in, in fantasy golf. You're going to have to draft a golfer, and then you're going to have to like be comfortable starting a golfer. And you are not going to have the luxury of picking and choosing spots with Jordan Spieth because you're going to have to spend so much draft capital to get him early in the second round, middle of the second round, that you cannot realistically be sitting a guy some weeks when he's playing that you drafted in the second round. You're going to have to play him every single week. Also, I'm not even sure we're all that good at deciding what's a good spot and what's a bad spot for Jordan Spieth, right? If you had the luxury of drafting Jordan Spieth last year, would you have played him at the RBC Heritage, a place where you can't really spray it off the tee and get into a lot of trouble? Well, of course, he goes out and wins there, losing two and a half strokes putting. So I'm not even sure you're going to have the luxury of being right more often than not. So you're going to have to plug in Jordan Spieth all the time. You're going to have to spend a lot of draft capital uh, on getting him. You're going to pass up on some of the guys around him that are going, because that's really the other thing too. There's kind of an opportunity cost here at the front end of the second round. The names that you're giving up to get Jordan Spieth are like Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland, Tom Kim, Will Zalatoris. I, I mean, that's that's a lot of, of star power to overlook here. So I would prefer Spieth maybe start of the third, middle of the third. If he drops to that spot, I think you've got a high-end guy who can contend in a lot of majors and snap off a win in Texas or somewhere like that. But um, I'm already dreading the idea of having to start Jordan Spieth every single week because I know he's going to burn me a lot. Next up is Hideki Matsuyama, and he is coming off of a really bizarre year where he had a lot of WDs, he had that strange DQ at the Memorial, and his statistical profile does not look like the statistical profile of Hideki Matsuyama. If you if you just handed me this, I, I would have taken 10,000 guesses before I said, oh, this is, this is Hideki's stat profile. The good news is um, he is 
currently in, in one of the best putting stretches of his career, gaining a half a stroke putting in 2023 so far. He was pretty good, a small loser in 2022. We're seeing some pretty good gains there, but we are seeing a complete loss of the ball striking. You know, he lost strokes off the tee in his final six measured events and lost in nine of his last 10 approach play. He's been losing multiple strokes at times. Yes, he can gear it up and gain nine strokes on approach in a single week, but we did not see anything close to that on a consistent basis. I think in general, you are, um, you are weary or you should be weary of guys that are not playing to their baseline, especially if they at one point had a really, really elite skill set. And for Hideki, for a long time, one of the best iron players in the world and great driver as well, it, losing that, which he's done statistically, generally takes a lot of time to come back. Uh, we saw it with Ricky Fowler, which I'm not even sure it's come back yet. Same thing with Gary Woodland. We, we've just seen it with other guys enough to be very, very concerned about this. He has not gotten past um, 3.5 in any drafts that I've done thus far. So that's basically 20th, 21st at most. So that's a really awkward spot on the draft board because you are now getting to the point where hey, do I take like a high upside star or something or like a, a second tier star, something like that? Or do I go with volume? And this is where the Sahith Tagalas start creeping in. The Brian Harmons start creeping in. The guys that are going to play a lot more frequently than Hideki Matsuyama will. To put this into perspective, Hideki Matsuyama last season averaged 60 fantasy points over 15 starts. Sahith Average 68 fantasy points over 24 starts. Adam Svensson, 61 over 22. Um, Davis Riley, 64 over 21. Denny McCarthy, 60 over 21. So you, there are going to be a lot of guys that play a lot and get have, at least for the last year, given you the same level of fantasy production that Hideki has. And, and at the 20 spot or the 21 spot on the draft board, that's where those guys start to creep up here. So it's going to end up being very difficult to draft Hideki Matsuyama in the first 20 picks. If he gets to like the 30th pick, the 35th pick, I'm much more interested. But there, there's just going to be a lot of volume guys that can give you probably similar production. And if this ball striking continues for Hideki, maybe even better production from him. Future Rick here. Just want to take a second to invite you into our private group on Bro Throw. Bro Throw is something that I've gotten super into over the course of the past couple of weeks because it solves a huge problem in our community. It is a peer to peer betting community where I can throw out a bet or you can throw out a bet on basically any sport, any wager that you like, and someone else can accept it and then settle up via Cash App, Venmo, or a variety of other ways. And the whole thing is VIG free. That's right. No VIG, no juice. Uh, everything is, is pure. So those extra percentage points that you get back from the VIG certainly go a long way. It's invite only right now, but we have a private community, a private Rick Run Good group that uh, I'll invite you to. There's a link in the description, or you can go to brothrow.com slash Rick and get access uh, to that group. And then you can start wagering with people that you know from the community. For example, I've got a $4 bet out with Paul on an NHL game, a $15 wager with Andy on the Rockets and Bucks. I've got Monday night and Sunday night football action, and it's just a really cool way uh, for me to stay interested, for me to stay engaged in a lot of other sports, and I don't have to worry about paying juice. I can just kind of 
wager with friends. Uh, the good part about this, it's not a sports book, right? So this is available in all 50 states. There is no, no fee to sign up. And because we have this private little community, you're basically just wagering against people uh, that are Rick Rungooders or are Rungooders. So it is, uh, it's been really fun. It's been really cool. We've got a, a couple of dozen guys already in the group. Uh, I encourage you to join because the bigger we get that group, the more wagers that are going to be out there, the more um, the more things that we can do, and we can do it all juice-free. We can do it all VIG-free. So the bigger, the better. Uh, there's a link in the description. It's brothrow.com slash Rick. Next up, Mito Pereira. And this was kind of a tale of two seasons for Mito. We'll get to that in just a second, but look at this stat profile coming down the stretch. Again, a, a guy who's generally a great driver of the golf ball starts to lose in certain weeks, uh, multiple strokes off the tee, misses four straight cuts from the U.S. Open to the Open Championship, kind of gets a little bit better to start off his 2023 season, but um, still a, a little bit to be concerned about. The putters and the short game has always kind of been all over the place. But the two the two versions of uh, Mito that we saw last year were like before the PGA Championship and after the PGA Championship. Obviously, he had the really close call. He had the lead on the 72nd hole, makes double bogey, doesn't even get into the playoff in which JT ends up beating Will Zalatoris. But in his starts before that and including the PGA Championship, he was averaging 63 fantasy points and he was ball striking like a maniac. It was all good stuff. After that, Eight starts after that, eight qualifying starts after that. He only averaged 48 points per start coming in. He had five weeks in which he was a, a, a scrub. He only had two weeks in which he was a star. There were a 13th at the Memorial and a 7th at the Charles Schwab Challenge. And I think the 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 looming thing that I've tried to not really consider too much, uh, but we we're going to have to start considering a little more is, is anybody else going to live? And I don't want to say that Mito's going to live. Cause I think for the most part, if he was going to go, he probably would have gone already. But if there is another wave of players that go before the live season starts in February, I think, Mito would be on the short list of names that make sense. You know, he got through the President's Cup. He got through, you know, the FedEx Cup playoffs. He was able to, um, you know, tee it up this fall and maybe into the start of, of January. But um, he he's at an agency that has been a pipeline to live. He's obviously very close with a lot of the guys that have already gone over there. His name had been heavily rumored for a long time. So I, I just think that if there is another wave, the Mito rumors are going to come up again. And if you draft this guy and don't get any production out of him after February, like that, again, a lot of draft capital being spent there. So I think there are some um, reasons to be concerned about Mito and uh, probably won't end up on a lot of, I think I drafted him once, but it was very late and he just probably won't be ending up in a lot of my, a lot of my teams. Finally, uh, Chris Goddard is the last one. And I actually, I don't really want to pick on Goddard up. I kind of want to use him as an example. And the reason I have to use him as an example is because he's actually being drafted. And he and and because of his qualifying starts last year, he he played really, really well. So if you go back and look at the data, um, he had nine qualifying starts in 2022, which is a very small sample size, but he finished right between Sung JM and Jordan Spieth in terms of average fantasy points scored. So that is why he's being drafted. So, so it's actually um, a nod and a testament to how good he was that he's actually being drafted. And I have to include him in this list of guys that you should not be drafting. Um, so the problem with Chris Goddard and guys like Chris Goddard, he doesn't have PGA tour status. 
right? So basically everything, like we have zero idea what his production is going to be. Now we have uh, some level of assumption that he's going to be getting uh, sponsors invites, but those are going to probably be few and far between. There's only a maximum number of sponsors invites that you can accept over the course of a year. And we might not know about them until like the week before. So it's going to be hard to kind of schedule out when you're going to get Chris Goddard up. The other thing is you're going to also be at the mercy of him finishing inside the top 10, right? If you finish inside the top 10, you get to play the next week. And it is, it doesn't, even if you had a sponsor's invite for that week, you don't have to use it. So there's a really kind of, you know, unless he plays really well and gets conditional status, like we saw with Will Zalatoris, or he just snaps off and wins something and becomes a member immediately, it's going to be really hard to predict how often you're going to get access to Chris Godrup. So I'm going to give you an idea of how to do this. And I think the best way to check up on guys and what their status is, is to simply go to their PGA Tour profile. So if you pull up Chris Goddard, um, you know, type in Chris Goddard into Google and go to his PGA Tour profile. If you scroll down to the bottom, it tells you what their current status is. So he has Corn Ferry Tour status for the 2023 season. That that's how to read that. Let me show you somebody else that um might make a little bit more or look a little bit different than this. So here's Andrew Putnam, which is just a random name that I thought of. Um and you can see so he is exempt on the PGA Tour via being in the top 25 of the FedEx Cup and and playoffs last year, and that lasts through the 2023 season. So for this upcoming season, he has full PGA Tour status as a, as a top member of the 125. You'll see some that are like 125 to 150, which means they, they like, you know, they're going to have to be on kind of the wait list, right? And see who's playing and who's not. They don't really have the right, so to speak, to get into every single event. So really easy way to kind of see what these guys' statuses are. And when you get towards the end of the draft and you want to start taking the Chris Goddard ups and some of these guys that you might know from the Corn Fairy Tour, like just confirm what their status is. And, you know, hat tip to Chris Goddard up for even having to be included in this video because he's being drafted and he's being drafted in the 10th, 11th, 12th rounds. And we have no idea what his status is going to be. So uh, keep an eye out for status. Golf is weird like that. You don't, you know, you have to make sure these guys are playing the 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 most events and all that fun stuff. Okay. I think that'll do it. We'll continue this uh, season-long fantasy conversation uh, over the course of the next couple weeks. If there's anything specific you want to see or hear about, let me know. Tweet me at Rick Rungood. Leave a comment below. Best of luck, and I'll talk to you guys soon.